Less than 10 seconds left. Kings locked it out, played okay. with a high stick. Kings will touch, Kopitar will shoot, bullseye! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Dowdy in the final minute of the period, works it to Toffoli, on for four, but a drive, score! Put up a shot, swings in, off the stick of Carter! Carter sweeps it back to Toffoli, Kings tag up as Toffoli hammers it in. Reader along the near boards. Carter shot. Score! A hat trick for Jeff Carter. And the Kings have the lead. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men, and the streak is over. The Kings finally string together two wins in a row in the month of March. Couldn't have come at a better time, you guys. The win gives the Kings just the tiniest bit of breathing space in that crowded playoff race. But, as usual, no rest for the weary as they go right back at it against the Ducks tonight in Anaheim. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's keep living in that Jeff Carter hat trick world. Never miss an episode by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcasting service. And hey, now you can listen to All the King's Men on any Amazon Echo device. Just make sure MyCast is added to the skill settings of your Echo, then simply ask Alexa to open MyCast. When she prompts you, just say search All the King's Men. You're all set. As always, subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. We are high above the ice in the Bob Miller Press Box at Staples Center. Joining me tonight, Jack Jablonski. How are you doing tonight, Jack? Doing well. Stress, but it's less than it would have been uh, had the outcome been different. I mean, it took till the end of the month, but we finally got back-to-back wins. <laughs> we finally broke the cy- the vicious cycle of one win, one loss, one win, one loss. Didn't look like it the whole night. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's a good two points. Uh, a nerve-wracking two points. A nerve-wracking 48 hours in general here. Uh, we're halfway through. But yeah, it, it's... It's, who I mean, who doesn't love this time of year, though? I was going to say, you can tell it's the end of the season when the crowd goes, like, absolutely nuts for a game-tying goal in the second period against the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> I mean, I looked around, and I was like, wait, like, we all get yeah, that, wait, it's, that it's a tie game. In the- <laughs> we're not raising a cup tonight, are we? <laughs> right. I mean, that was, that was pretty great. But, um, yeah, look, the Kings come in. Uh, every game at this point can be qualified a must-win, even though obviously they've lost half of their must-win games in the month of March. <laughs> but it was a must-win game. Um, before we start getting into the, the topics that we laid out before the game, what to watch for, I just want to ask you a real quick question because we were joking around about, you know, this is a trap game for Arizona because they had just come off of wins against uh, division leaders, the Lightning and the, uh, and the Golden Knights. In ordinary circumstances, right, had the Coyotes not put together the record that they have over the last month or two, this would qualify as a game where you sort of, like, you, you beat a team you had to beat, right? Yeah, it's a, it was a gimme game until the trade deadline hit and they became the third best team in the <laughs> NHL. That's Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy because this team is doing the exact opposite of what they should have done, which is lose every game to get Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, and now all of a sudden they find themselves third or fourth from the from that position currently. Who knows how the balls will fall uh, uh, with the ping pong? Uh, I think we all know Edmonton's going to win. Yeah, most likely, <laughs> most likely, or Buffalo. They, they they 
God, like, just give it to Buffalo. They need something. Uh, yeah, it, but yeah, it was. It's a gimme game on paper, uh, but by no means did anyone expect it to be that way, uh, and it didn't play out like that either. In goal, we had former King Darcy Kemper. Yep. Uh, perfect opportunity for. I don't know that we've ever necessarily identified that goalie games can can qualify for uh, Molson indexing, but. Former king, backup goalie, you know, trade caught everybody by surprise. I, this is a perfect, <laughs> this is a perfect opportunity for the Kings to lose in in that sort of typical fashion that would make the Kings Kings fans all groan. But uh, they didn't. They pick up the win before the game. We agreed we were going to focus on Kopitar, uh, particularly because of my recent obsession <laughs> that he should win the heart. Recent? <laughs> well. Only, only sincerely recently. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I thought he was fine. I think fine perfectly describes it. He didn't do anything that blew us away, but he didn't do anything that made us say, you know, uh, that's that's uncopatar-esque. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, he just played a consistent game today. You know, the Kings didn't have a ton of scoring opportunities tonight so it wasn't as if he was all over the puck or he was you know lighting everything up or getting behind the the Coyotes defense uh but he played fine there you know there was nothing that you know made it seem like it was you know just another normal night yeah and you know I I don't want to sound like I'm stretching too hard to make <laughs> any scenario fit the the <laughs> argument but I mean this was just one of those nights where you go like okay he did what he had to do and you know they only allowed two goals and and admittedly they were first period well I guess the second one was in the second period but they were early in the game and uh man this team and allowing first goals I don't I don't get it right like I've heard people argue that it's it's it is not a good way to play and statistically it does not favor you uh the one thing that is a cause for concern is uh in the playoffs the first goal matters a lot more than it does in the regular season just because of the effort the style of play and and the the way that defensively and schematically things are, are set up or, or back check um so yeah it, it it's not a good habit to get into even though we're far beyond that point yeah uh, <laughs> but well, uh, that ship has sailed yeah that ship is long gone uh so hopefully the the tides can turn eventually and it'd be nice to start with tomorrow night there, there was a silver lining to it this time which is that it was jack hamble in net so i didn't have to listen yep. to all the complaints on twitter from people saying you know that there's something fundamentally wrong with with Quick's focus now, and yeah. it's time to trade him and blow up the team. I was like, all right, calm down. Yeah. Um, Who's the last goalie to win two cups for the Kings? <laughs> it wasn't Kemper. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I've totally lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, as far as giving up the first goal, I almost don't care anymore because now that they've shown, I mean, I care. Don't get me wrong. As long as they get it back. But it's almost amusing at this point, right? Because they're they have, I think, the most wins in the league amongst teams who, you know, yeah. when when giving up the first goal, and their win percentage Every- overall is somewhere, you know, in a, around the neighborhood of six hundred. And if you look at you know how they play when they when they score the first goal, they're dominant, and when they allow the other team to score the first goal, which is like two thirds of the time, they win about half of them. So the end result is that they win about two-thirds of their games and that's that's good enough to make the playoffs mm-hmm. <laughs> um the other thing we want to talk about was defensive pairings now that Muzzin's out um you know I thought Gravel looked shaky at times I think that's to be expected you know obviously he's yet to put together a full NHL season yep. this is a rough time of the year to be you know thrown into yeah. the roster 
And and you know, Arizona's fast. They they, they controlled the play, and for the majority of the f- first two periods, it was in the it was in the king zone, and uh, yeah, the defense was a little sloppy. It was a little shaky. The you know the the, the momentum was was on. Arizona's side, and and I don't think that was necessarily just because of the defenseman, but you know, spe- focusing on them specifically, the it was it was sloppy at times. It, it, the miscommunication and 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 Doughty being you know having to you know play half the game, but you know he's not always with the the D partners that he's used to. Uh, it, it caused a little bit of you know just you know, turmoil or whatever it may be in, in the D zone and it, it you know there were some golden opportunities uh, from the Arizona Coyotes part but being that they are the Arizona Coyotes they didn't convert and you know they they lucked out let's be honest Jesse. Well I think turmoil is the perfect word um, because n- not only weird goal mouth scrambles passes that didn't connect you know, uh, guys falling down at strange times. Turnovers on the... Just... just not even when they're on the fort. Like yeah, they're, they're, just bizarre <laughs> things all night long. It reminded me a little bit, and, and I apologize for those of you who don't play video games, so this analogy may not hit, but there's a thing in video games called lag, mm-hmm. where if you're playing online and your internet connection isn't as fast as the person you're playing with, and all of a sudden your hands aren't matching up with yeah. what's happening. And it just looked like everybody on the ice yeah. had lag at some point. There was yeah. just lag spikes everywhere. There was, you know, there was one shift where I think Dion Phaneuf had to poke the puck away from somebody else about four times in a row because he kept either slipping or falling or coming up short. It was just yeah. turmoil, like you said. Okay, and the Kings, I mean, let's be honest, they, they snuck out of that first period very lucky. Uh, in my opinion, at least, I, I'll let you speak on that in a second. Uh, but I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, to get the goal off of Carter's body, wherever mm-hmm. it may have hit him, uh, it, that was huge in the in the uh, um, in the first period to come out even solely because, I mean, it, it could have been three two three zero Phoenix, um, so. We'll take it because yeah. they, you know, it, the it started to flip a little bit into the second period and um, the third period was handled by the Kings for the most part with a few bursts by the uh, the, the Coyotes. But yeah, defensively, it got better as the game went on, but so did the Kings, yeah. and, and eventually, you know, they were able to handle their own business. I can't remember when I was talking about it or even to whom I was talking about it, but it. It occurred to me that very, very recently, the Kings have started to become the team that they used to be, uh, or the the. Let me. I didn't say that right at all. The, <laughs> the Kings are starting to do to other teams the thing that other teams used to do to them all the time. So a yeah, goal that, in the last minute yeah, of the period. That first part really didn't come out right. No, it didn't at all. <laughs> um, but but you know what I mean. Like the Kings used to give up those last minute goals, or they would give up goals early in a period. Yeah. You know, in this game, the Coyotes had. You know, a one nothing lead, and if they had gone into the intermission, you know, one to nothing, it's just a completely different feel to the game, right? Very the Kings, so. you know, the Kings score late, late, late in the game, you know, in the first period. Then, you know, the Coyotes take the two to one lead, but then the Kings press, they tie it up, and then, you know, with I don't know three minutes left in the game or four minutes left in the game, they wind up, yeah, they wind up taking the lead, and and, and those are the kinds of 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 
swings that, that I think we had come to expect to happen against the Kings. So there was an element of, I don't know if luck's the right word, but I will, but I'll revert back to your word, turmoil. There, there was a lot of <laughs> turmoil. And there was one sequence at the end, very near the end of the game. I still am not entirely sure what happened, but Jack Campbell was not in net. Well, it was the, <laughs> it's your typical ring it around the boards. The goalie tries to beat the puck yeah. to back, set it up for the defense. Yeah, I think it happens one in a hundred times where it hits off the, the stanchion. And was it the stanchion? I mean, it, I, I didn't it hits even... off the stanchion, kicks right to the crease. Mm-hmm. Two kings fall over each other <laughs> trying to stop it, and a coyote's right there. And yeah, it's it just that that to me in my head, I just go if the kings go to overtime because of this, lose in overtime, and miss the playoffs by a point. Again, as we were talking... Add it to the list. Yeah, add it to the list of <laughs> yep. the times where this is why the Kings didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of crazy. I don't, I'm assuming you saw the highlight from a couple of games ago. I think it was Carolina where the puck got stuck in the goalie's skates. And then he can't find it. And he, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those moments where you go like, okay, let's say they had scored there. I get that it's it's going to count, but there's just that tiny voice inside my head that starts screaming like, "No, come on, that's not fair!" Yeah, like, no, that's not a goal. Like, get out yeah. of here. That doesn't count. And of course, it does. But, um, but yeah, geez, that would have been uh, that would have been a tough to pill to swallow, uh, for sure. So then let's talk about the Coyotes because, uh, you know, they have they're nothing but pride on the line at this point. They're gonna be good. In the future, I hope so because I mean I'm tired of bad teams clogging yeah. up my league. Um, <laughs> yeah, well there there's a few in the division, but um, <laughs> it, it, you know they they're young, they're mm. very young, and, and the youth showed a little bit later in the game just with inexperience and and, and the way they were handling some of the pressure in uh, in their defensive zone. But uh, you know, they've got a lot of talent and and um, a chicken to me is, is someone who's going to be very, very good for the for the long haul. But uh, overall, I think you know, you've got a guy like Darcy Kemper who is out to prove something you know, in his net uh, for Arizona, and then you've got a young team that had nothing to play for, and they gave the team fits, and they, they look good, and there's a reason that all... There, there's a reason that all of a sudden you know, past the trade deadline you know, they knew they were out of the playoffs, but you know, there's a reason that they are third in the league, and they've got a future. And you just hope it's sooner than later for the the sake of the organization itself. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how their off season plays out and what they do with some of their youth, and, and you know contractually how they handle things, and if they can land someone in the draft or or even in free agency as well. I mean, I think they've got about six or seven guys all under the age of 21. And I think they've got like a yeah. dozen guys Chick- all under the age of twenty-two. Yeah. Chickren's nineteen, and <laughs> yeah, he looks well, and like Alex Keller. I mean, he also looks, well, 19, he looks like yeah. sixteen, but <laughs> yeah, according to this, yeah, he's uh, or July 29th, nineteen ninety-eight. So he turns twenty this summer. So I mean, Jesus, you know, it's crazy. Oh, gee, oh my lord! <laughs> Look, wait till you, yeah, wait till you're my age. I know. <laughs> when time. I when I was when I was old, I think it was like sixteen, and I and. Uh, and uh, we rented a room out to college students when I was growing up. So there's this guy, uh, so we lived a block away from the local college. Anyway, there's another point of the story. <laughs> uh, this guy was renting the room, and, uh, and he, you know, he comes in, and I'm watching hockey one day. And he, you know, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching hockey. and uh, Or maybe I was 18 or something, but it was like the draft was coming up, and I was saying, oh, man, I can't believe 
these guys are my age. And at yeah. that point, he was like 24, 25. And he's like, wait till you're my age. Yeah. Now, looking back on it, I'm it's, yeah, laughing it's, hysterical. To me, yeah. these are babies. Like, oh, no, it's, it's, Clayton Keller. I know. I'm, I'm 22, and I feel... <laughs> What am I doing in my life at this point where this 18 year old is... education. Oh, that as well. Yes, that's true. But you know, this kid's just goofing around, yeah. making, you know, six, seven digits, just playing a game he loves. It's... Yeah. But yeah, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, twelve guys, thirteen, 13, 14 guys under the age of 25. It's not bad. <laughs> you just hope they progress. I mean... Not and as... attention, Edmonton. This is how you do it. <laughs> Shots fired. I, you're in deep enough. Who well, cares? Yeah, well, Might yeah, as well yeah, keep exactly. going. <laughs> no, but, so I'd be real curious to see how they do, especially with, I mean, I think their GM is actually... 28? Yeah, he's about the same age as most of these guys. So it would be, I mean, between, between the success of Vegas, uh, and we'll see if that continues in the next season, but I don't see any reason to expect that it wouldn't. Um, but between the success of Vegas... What we're seeing happening in New Jersey, what we're seeing happening in, in Arizona, I'm, I'm still not sold on the concept that every team has to play with speed the way that they do, because I think a part of the turmoil of this game, a little bit of it was just, if you don't have the talent to, to match with the speed, then you, you get just chaos, like... Yeah. I mean, I like Tory Mitchell very much. I like Nate Thompson. Yeah. I like uh, Toby Reeder. These guys are fast. Yeah. But they're not... Ask him to play at that pace and then go walk around a defenseman. Yeah. Not going to happen. Most likely. We love them, though. Yeah. No, no I mean... And, like they're I very said, good at what they do. So uh, so let's move to the, <laughs> the biggest mystery of this episode. Uh, who's the player of the game, Jack? Uh, after a long consideration... Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Jeff Carter. Um, I know I'm going out on a limb, so call me crazy. Uh, but three goals is pretty decent, and I've been around the game for a few years now um, at multiple levels, but uh, a hat-trick's decent in any uh, area or, or level of hockey, and he was able to accomplish that today. Now, they didn't all go off of his stick, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter. They Three goals are in the, the column of G, which stands for goals, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna give it to Carter. He played phenomenal, and, and it's great to see him on a on a serious note, getting back to what we saw last year, what we saw the year before, what we saw when they won the cups. Uh, it, because if the Kings are gonna be able to a make the playoffs and b make a deep run in the playoffs, you're gonna need the depth. You're gonna need Kopitar, who's gonna get a lot of attention because uh, clearly you think he's the heart uh, trophy winner, but. Uh, for the Kings to be able to to be successful with the attention that Kobotar is going to get, Carter's going to have opportunities, but he's also going to have to be able to, to convert. And tonight's a night where you know whether or not they're you know the Coyotes' main goal is to shut down onto Kobotar, uh, it was a night that Jeff Carter took advantage of whatever opportunities he got, and it ended in a night where he got the first goal that tied the game, the second goal that tied the game, and the third goal that won the game, and with four minutes left in the game, so. Um, well done, Jeff. <laughs> 13 goals, 20 points in 23 games. Um, it's not bad. Decent at best. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, you know, stretch it out, and it and it puts him. I think. I mean, I'm. This is total hyperbole, but but it puts him among the ranks of you know the guys that we're talking about. Obviously, not not the guys that have that have gone 
crazy ahead like McDavid or uh, or Giroux or Malkin or guys like that. But it puts him in the lower sort of like what's a it's a Taylor Hall esque season. Um, so yeah, obviously he's the player of the game. That first goal was I honestly I was outside sitting on the on the uh, set for the intermission segment, so I saw that it went in, but I I didn't see how it went in. That second goal that was. Like that's I, I'm always amazed when when players pick deflect the puck out of midair. Um, obviously, this wasn't yeah. as impressive as Sidney Crosby's goal earlier tonight, but but you know in 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 real speed in real time you see the shot. You're not sure if it hit anybody going in. It just is a goal, and you're like, okay, great. I wonder if if, if Carter tipped that. Then you see it slowed down, and you realize. Not only did he tip it, he knew exactly where he was. Absolutely meant to do it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's a play that the Sedins kind of brought into the NHL with the the pass tip shot, mm-hmm. and you know they mastered it. And now it's become a it's a huge trend, and it, it works. There's yep. a reason. Uh, and there's multiple different ones. There's obviously you know the one that goes into the air, the the tip that's intentionally there, but. You know, for the angle that the shot was coming in from, he, he handled it perfectly because, you know, Kemper going side to side is going to have to open the wickets up. And the second he did, that puck slid right between, and voila, you've got a tie game, and all of a sudden the crowd's back in it. And, you know, being. It's still the loudest I've ever heard of. A tie goal at 2 <laughs> 2 against, against the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> six games left in the season. Um, but yeah, it's one of those interesting things where. You know, it catches fire, and all of a sudden, you've got everyone doing it in the league. And uh, on f- last time I checked, there's space between goalies' legs, and <laughs> it's going to be tough to stop it when you're moving side to side. Now, the third goal, I, I still honestly, I've seen the replay a few times now. I'm still not entirely sure, like how that went in. Yeah, it, it looked a little <laughs> fluky on Kemper's behalf. Yeah, but there's a reason he was the backup goalie, and. Well, now right. shots fired. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right. He's a great guy. Um, uh, but no, it's it's an un, it's unfortunate for him because he played a great game and, and you know was able to withstand some of the the, the berades of shots and, and pressure that the Kings put on earlier in the game. But uh, yeah, it, he just I don't think he got out to his angle quick enough. Uh, it looked like he was still unsettled when he got down to his butterfly motion and his his glove just didn't get down on the ice enough and and all of a sudden. Voila, you've got a goal that kind of hits the bottom of your glove and handcuffs you at the same time. So it's unfortunate for Kemper, but, um, you know, we're not here for feelings. We're here for two points. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, so that brings us to the play of the game. Uh, you've had a little bit of time to think about it. Anyone in particular that stands out to you? Uh, the play, I, I spoke a little bit on it earlier. I think it has to be the first goal because the Kings were just getting slaughtered in the first period. And, and for them to, to reach... <laughs> that second period, the first intermission, uh, at a tie opposed to being down a goal and, and you know putting the pressure on and having twenty minutes to think about you know what you're going to do to get back in this game and all of a sudden you know a few minutes go by in this you know the second period and the pressure mounts. I think for them to to be able to you know get out of that period tied is it was you know as we mentioned the two three goals probably was the the deserving outcome. Um, uh, being down in, is a deficit, but you know, it's to me, it's 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 moments like that that you know allow your season to kind of keep moving on. And it, whether it was luck that it went off of Carter's jersey or or whatever it may be, or or it just you know you know a smart play, you know getting it to the net with you know not a whole lot of time. That <laughs> that horn is getting on my nerves. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
just thrown into the net with uh, limited time remaining. It's a smart play, but uh, overall, I think it changed the, the game drastically, and, and you know, it could have quickly built up to a multi-goal lead for for Phoenix in that second period if all of a sudden that goal doesn't go in. And I agree with you completely, and for all the reasons you you stated. When I, as I was getting up to leave uh, during the first intermission to go down yep. to the to the set, as I was waiting for the elevator, I, I glanced over my shoulder and saw a coyote, you know, break to open space at the left face-off circle, and I just my shoulder slumped, and I just went, "Oh, that's a goal!" And two sec, you know, <laughs> not even two seconds later, it was, and I muttered to myself well you could see that coming and I got in the elevator and I headed down and then I just sat there sort of by myself watching the game on the monitors outside and just thinking like I can't believe they're that they allowed the first goal again they're gonna lose to like I get it you know the Coyotes are playing very well but they're still you know one of the bottom teams in the league like they're not you know they're not that great I get that they're on pace for a hundred point season or whatever but come on everybody calm down um, and then to score on the power play, Jeff Carter, you know, that way. And I wasn't in the building. I was outside, like I said, on the street. But it just, I mean, it made me feel better. It was the second loudest you've heard a tying goal against Arizona. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, I thought it was boring. And when I was looking up all of my bonkers made-up stats um, to argue that Kobe should win the Hart Trophy, one of the things I started looking for was was – what kind of season is Kopitar having offensively? And obviously it's his best offensive season. But I wondered, well, what, how about the Kings? How are the Kings doing? And they're, I think it's 2.88 goals a game at this point, which, and this is insane to me, is the is the most games, or most goals per game. In the season? Since before the lockout for the Kings. Like, wow. this, this is their most potent offense that they've had. <laughs> it's quite... It's crazy, right? Times. It doesn't yeah. feel like it. And, and all without Carter for 60 games 60, or however long yeah, it was. Wow. I mean, that's that's actually pretty interesting because I think we can both agree it gets a little slow at times on the offensive end. But uh, I think that is, you know, it, that's a huge, you know, pro for Carter. I mean, that's – he or uh, not Carter, sorry, Kopitar. Mm. Just being able to, uh, A, carry the team in general offensively for the majority of the year, but at the same time – um, to see a little bit of like the rejuvenation of, of Dustin Brown and yeah. seeing you know some of the you know the bits and pieces of Kempe earlier in the season and Iafolo later in the season and Toffoli up and down all over you know and then Pearson as well but uh, that's interesting I, th- I I would never have guessed that <laughs> nor I and what confuses me even more is I'll, they they're the they have the least amount of goals they have the lowest goals against uh, per game. Uh, two two point four two. Also, not would not have guessed that. No, either. in in past years, I mean, I think that one's a little bit more easy to explain because in past years, when they had the lowest number of goals scored, they'd, it'd be like two point oh five. Yeah, they just don't. Yeah. So, but but I thought, okay, well, they've got the most effective defense, and their offense is like sixteenth or seventeenth in the league, I think. So, yeah, it's eighteenth at two point eight five, but they're tied basically with Chicago, and you know, it's all clustered up there. Um, well, that's a great team to be tied with. Yeah, well, but I mean, I just thought we had all this talk about how they were going to focus on offense and they were going to improve the offense without sacrificing the defense. An argument could be made that they have done that, just that, right? They have the number one penalty kill. They allow the fewest goals. You know, you can make whatever arguments you want about do they allow shots? Are they getting lucky? Is it goaltending? Is it whatever? But the point is they're still allowing the fewest number of goals in the league. 
Um, they're scoring more than they usually do, and yet I don't know that at the beginning of the year, if you went to the coaching staff and said you'll be 18th in the league in offense, that's going to be a plus. Yeah, like I, well, I don't know. Just I don't expect they would be popping any. Like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take <laughs> right, it. Yeah. Give it to us. So, so it's a sort of crazy thing where, where all of a sudden I looked and I was like, wait a minute, how is this the most effect? How is this the most potent offense in the last 15 years? Like. It just feels crazy. It, does, it doesn't add up. But the only thing I can figure is those games where they beat, you know, Montreal five to nothing or or Colorado seven to one. They should have spread those goals out uh, into some of those games where they lost two to nothing or two one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every third game. So I guess it's all about distribution. Um, but uh, so tomorrow night or tonight, when people are listening to this, mm-hmm. um, guess what, Kings fans? Today is the most important day of the season. Officially. I named it. I put it on the internet. You can't take it back now. Um, nothing Nothing ever deletes. No. The Ducks and the Kings play one another. The Blues play. And the Avs play. So it's all four teams fighting for those three spots. They're all in action tonight. Uh, obviously, we want the Kings to win. And obviously, we want... That's a start. We want everybody else to lose. Uh... There's, there's three spots of four teams, so it's going to come down to one team. I mean, at this point, I think we agree that Dallas is basically out of it. They're out. So, with a week left, heading into the most important day of the year, who you got, Jack Jablonski? Who's in and who's out? Who's in, who's out? Yeah. I think... Boy, that's tough. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think the Kings are going to be in because... The schedule is favorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got you, you finish the season with Dallas, who's Dallas unlikely to be playing for anything at that mm-hmm. point, barring uh, them winning out, which is not going to happen. Uh, then they play Minnesota again on Saturday, so it's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the thing is, is the, the Kings' schedule is they still play another team on a back to back, and. Uh, they do play Minnesota, who, honestly, I don't know if they actually will have a, lot, a whole lot to play for because of uh, point season. Yeah, probably not. Point-wise. Um, granted, they'll be on a back-to-back, I believe, so you, there might be a chance we see uh, not uh, Devin Dubnik. Right. Uh, but who knows? Uh, that that Those two teams are very, very uh, evenly matched, so that could go either way. But they also play Colorado, and, and Colorado is a big game, but... Beneficially, they're playing in Los Angeles. So I, I think that the Kings can win three of the next four, and I have no problem believing that's enough. Uh, St. Louis is a mystery to me because all the, two weeks ago they were eight points out. Now they're in, uh, and all of a sudden uh, they've figured everything out. I, I mean, it, that's a confusing <laughs> thing. I, I, I think Anaheim, I think ending that sentence with a question mark was, was yeah, the perfect. Uh, <laughs> I, I personally think Anaheim's going to be. The, team on the outside here Uh, yeah I do I and I think it's unfortunate for them that they had a lot of injuries coming into the season and Mm -hmm. and then that might be what what ends uh you know keeps them outside uh but overall I I don't see them having enough firepower or or depth and I see a a few more role players than we have in the past uh but then again tonight slash tomorrow uh, it could be a, a huge, a huge swing. And granted, at best case for An- Anaheim, following tomorrow, they don't make any ground up on the Kings other than tying them and still being be- behind them positionally. So it'll be interesting to see 
um, <laughs> you know, how things play out, and obviously hockey is unpredictable. Yeah, the, look at this schedule for Anaheim. Um, sorry, uh, listeners. We've got... Kings tomorrow. Okay, ooh, well, they've got two cupcakes at the end. Uh, well, again, let's not call that a cupcake. Yeah, the uh, last yeah, so they, yeah, sorry, they finished <laughs> with the, uh, the Kings tomorrow slash tonight. You've got Sunday versus Colorado, Wednesday against Minnesota, and then Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, Dallas, and then on the road in Arizona, who, as we saw today, still is playing quite yeah. decent. Um, so I, it'll be interesting. I think it's going to come down to the last day. It's it's going to come down to a point. Could come down to regulation overtime wins this year. This is a tighter year than it has been in the past since they've come to this uh, um since they've moved to this yeah, playoff point, format yeah. and the regulation overtime wins, which, by the way, why do we count overtime wins? Because they're nothing like I don't regulation. Know. I, I, it should strictly I be totally, regulation. I totally agree with you 100%. <laughs> should strictly no, no. be regulation nothing, wins. Uh, nothing the league does makes any sense yeah, to me but anymore. By all means, as a Kings fan, uh, let's keep them because yeah. we win no, a absolutely. lot of them. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Kings, uh, you know, it, 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 we'll start it with, and I'll say Anaheim's going to be the team out. Jesse? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, oh, by all means, I'll preface it. I'll, well, I can't preface it because <laughs> right. I've already spoken yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, but post, yeah, post, I, have post no, visit. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where every time I think, you know, I might have some sort of sense of what's happening, uh, somebody loses happens. to Vancouver, right? And, you, you know, <laughs> you just go like, what is, you know, happening? Like, there's no, nobody should lose to Vancouver. Right, Vancouver is the antithesis of, of the Arizona Coyotes. They are not yeah. playing for pride or, or something. No, and they're, they're literally playing for yeah, the draft. Right? And they're not young, and, and somehow they're coming around and beating people. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, the only saving grace, I think, for me is tomorrow's the most important uh, day of the year. I think Colorado could easily beat Chicago, but then, mm-hmm. uh, and this is where I think, it, I think it'll be Colorado that misses just because they play the other three teams... Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> they play. They play the Ducks and Kings back to back nights on, on the, the road, road. On the road. On the road in San Jose, and then at home on the final night against, against the Louis. Blues. You got to win at least two of them. Yeah, because well, I mean, literally, yeah. Oh, I mean, boy. they wind. Up, I just think they're because of their schedule. I think they wind up being the unfortunate spoiler, where like even if yeah. so, so they either make it in and and sink somebody else's chances, or they just lose every game and. Mm. And they're the yeah. guys, and they're the team out. And I, if Anaheim, all right, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna change my answer. But if Anaheim wins <laughs> tomorrow, uh-huh. I think they make it. If Anaheim loses tomorrow, I think they're out. And then fair enough. And 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 and, uh, and the Avalanche are yeah. out if uh, the they win tomorrow. My fear, so confusing. Yeah. Well, so my fear is that it's, it, that's this season. So my fear is that is. So here's what here's my fear about tomorrow. Uh, now I have to go back to the standings just to get some sense of what I'm talking about. And I apologize, listeners. All of this is utter nonsense. But my fear is that it's, it, it's educated. There we go. Uttered nonsense. <laughs> my fear is that the Ducks beat the Kings, and so we have a tie at 93 points. And still with the row. Yeah. Which should really just be brew. But St. Louis wins tomorrow to okay. be tied at 93 points and Colorado wins so everybody just right every, so Kings lose and the other three teams stu- just gets pushed one back yeah. pushed back one day yeah then on Sunday or Saturday what happens on Saturday I don't even freaking know uh, even though we just said it um we, that's does somebody play on Saturday I think 
Yeah, St. Louis plays Arizona on Saturday. That, that's not easy. We'll so, so there we go. So St. Louis could beat, right? Could I don't think Boy, they're going to win back-to-back road games, but whatever, it could happen. So now you're looking at St. Louis with 95 points. Uh, with a St. game, St. Louis is going to lose tomorrow. I'll tell you that right now. I hope. I mean, I hope you're right, man. Uh, then on Sunday, <laughs> so insane. Then on Sunday, you've got the Avs uh, and the Ducks. Uh, three-point game. Uh, let's say Colorado wins and the Ducks lose in overtime. So now Colorado is tied with, uh, or, or or and they both pass the Je- Kings. <laughs> Jesse, it could just go. There's just a million ways it can go wrong. I'm not happy yeah. about it. I'm not happy about it. And ultimately, what has to happen is the Kings have to win. Fates, we hold our own destiny. Yeah. Win. I mean, granted, you could say win every game and you're in, obviously, but at the same time, beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Tomorrow, I don't know if we're supposed to beat him on the road, but yeah, you you've got three other home games to finish the season off. If if the Kings can plot six of the eight points, put that little clinch mark next to their name. Here's the thing about the Ducks Kings game. Every time the Kings go into the pond, it's insanity, right? Oh, it's it's gonna be crazy. Chaos. This is probably emotion is gonna be running high. This is probably. I was, I was trying to look through the seasons to see if like yeah, I I don't. There's never been more on the line for both right. these organizations. That's what I was trying to find out was was because yeah. they always play each other late in the season. Yep. But last year the Kings were well out of a playoff spot. The, the year before in, that, yeah, yeah, this that. This one, it's gonna be insanity. And the one thing that the Kings have going for them heading into this game tomorrow that they did not have in the previous four games they played against them this season. Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, if you're Anaheim, is there a counter argument? Do they have anyone healthy that wasn't? I don't think so. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, if they their have home season's ice advantage. So... That's all they have. I don't know. And It'll look, Gibson's having a good season, and they're they're. I mean, you can't you can't insult them because they're We're tied basically hairs, tied with the Kings. So, all right. so hopefully, you know, the hat trick hero will uh, will come up big. Round two. And uh, we'll see. I still don't even know if I'm going to go to the game or not. Um, I think I probably, even if I can't sneak into the press box because it's going to be crowded. It's going to be very crowded. I may just go and buy a ticket, yeah, because it should be fun. I mean, Ducks Kings games are fun in the. Oh, it'll be entertaining in the the stands. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, Kings fans. Thanks for joining me, Jack. As always, thank you. And. I guess we'll talk to you sometime soon. King says, I don't know. Go, Kings, go.